everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. Today, I'm joined with Hallie Warner, my chief of staff. Hallie, it is a whiteout condition here. It is. And uh, like an hour ago, it wasn't. I mean, we were supposed to get, you know, maybe 10 inches of snow or so, which is pretty normal for Vermont, but wonderful, yeah. by the way, uh, especially if you like to, to ski. But yeah. um, this is perfect for our topic today because all week we've been having this conversation inside our organization um, with people outside our organization and it's really about cutting through the noise and so when and then staying focused right and when i look outside and i see that you can really see like a it's like a whiteout basically mm-hmm. it just kind Is of like white noise <laughs> <laughs> yes that's that's a good one Hallie. that's good um you know it's 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 like a you know so many times that you have you just joked just kind of threw me off there it was, I'm it was sorry. Nice. no it was great as you are that is i'm glad i'm glad you're doing hopefully people will give you thumbs up on that one but it's like when i look outside it's like there's there's always there's always noise everywhere right and so like it feels like you cut sometimes you can when there's so much noise going on there it can paralyze you it's kind of like when you're in a whiteout sometimes you don't really know what which way to go right, That's right or a, you get distracted when people interrupt you with hilarious jokes yes exactly yeah any one of those things is just kind of noise that's there and so um how do you handle this in business right like everything from or in personal life i mean obviously mm-hmm. this is you know the journey of life is all about noise, but particularly right now, there is a lot in our industry in the real estate industry of things changing in any industry and in construction, things are changing technology. technology from, you know, cabs to Uber to, you know, uh, you know, from like the Robin hood, Reddit things happening right GameStop. now, GameStop, all this stuff. There's just, there's a lot in every industry that's changing. So there's always noise. So which one, so the kind of thing is, is like, what do you pay attention to? What do you don't, right? So where do you start with this, Hallie? Well I, well, I think first of all, it is that awareness around there's always stuff coming in, whether again, it's text. I mean, your your phone is going off while yeah. we're doing this podcast, text, social media, emails, you've got different news, you've got podcasts. There's just a lot of information out there, much of which is contradictory mm-hmm. um, and sometimes confusing, whether it's industry specific or um, global economics or um, stuff that's happening in the market or in, again, in your specific industry. And it's being aware. I think that's the first step, being aware that that's all happening mm-hmm. and then deciding where you're going to put your focus and attention. Yeah. So one of the things that you do is you have to know where you're going. You know, mm-hmm. one of the most important things as a leader that we must do is understand where we're going. And again, this is understanding your life. This is understanding your business. And if you don't really understand where you're going, you're going to actually get caught in the paralysis or caught up in all of the noise because you're not really sure of the direction. I was actually on a call earlier today and, and the individual said, you know, for the first time I got really clear in my role. They run a big organization and they had this issue happen in their organization. They go like, I'm very clear on this and because it was my one thing. And I stopped them and I said, so how do you get that clear in your business while you're leading when there's not this major issue going on because it was like this major issue. It gave her a rush to finish this thing. And if you're listening out there, I'm sure you've probably been in those situations. Something's happening. It's like you dive in, like you fix it. You know exactly what to do because there's an issue that's right there in front of right, you. Like there's screaming, a fire. Screaming at you, right, I'm going to put fire. it out, right? Yeah. Like I'm going to do whatever I can to put it out. But the thing is, is a lot of times in, in business, when you're truly leading, right? And you're doing these different things, there isn't a clear cut. What do I do? And this is where people get lost, right? Is this is where they go to the noise and like, well, maybe I should be doing this. And they read an article and it's like, maybe I should do this, like the health industry, right? I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, right? I mean, yeah. like every article that's written has another article or just as many that are written that contradicting them. Should I eat meat? Should I not eat meat? Should I eat plant? Should I not eat plant? Should I eat dairy? Should I not? Right? So everything is completely different. Right. And then sometimes that's a great example. And then I, you can, again, you can apply that to any, anything really. Yes. 
And then uh, a lot of times either people are like, what is that? Like ping ponging back and forth with their decisions, which is very confusing for teams if you're the leader or there's paralysis and you don't do, and people don't do anything. Don't do anything. Or they just shut it off yeah. and just ignore it, which is really unrealistic. Well, and the other thing that people do is as leaders, when we're not clear in where we're going, we start actually getting ourselves into trouble in our business because we feel like we're not adding value because we're not really sure what to do. So then we go back into people's work and start putting our heads in there and moving things around and saying, this needs to be this way. Why isn't it this way? And you start paying attention to other things that you shouldn't be paying attention to because maybe you make it a little bit better, but maybe the other way was just as effective, right? You see, so just, you start getting in there and messing things up when you could actually be using your talents and your expertise on something that's much larger for the greater use of the organization. So when you're not necessarily clear on that, you can get caught on these things. And there can be moments like you're like, Hey, I'm really clear on this. And this is kind of this, this, this is a reminder to all of us as we kind of get into February, we're past kind of our January resolutions. What have you slipped on, right? What are, what have, what noise has you allowed to creep in that you are no longer paying attention to? Is it your leadership? Is it your physicality? Is it your spirituality? Is it your wellness? Is it your, is it your, maybe you've had really good money financials. And so you're not paying attention to that as much. Just there's, there's noise out there. So how do you cut through this? And one of the things that I've been talking about in our organization is in the real estate industry is changing dramatically, right? It's in it and it, it is, but it hasn't. And what I mean by that is it looks the same and feels the same, but there's been all this iceberg being built underneath it. That's going to change our industry in the next 36, 48 months and then beyond. Good. I'm really excited for it. I think I love change and I love navigating this because it, again, allows you to kind of drive into it and kind of feel it. And one of the way I like to position our organization, I think this will be helpful for you guys, is number one is you got to, any entrepreneur, right, when you're starting off anything, needs to be like a heat-seeking missile. It's like you get locked onto the goal that, of where you're going. If the goal changes, you get locked onto the goal, right? Because a lot of times when organizations start Amazon, they get locked onto selling books. And then all of a sudden they see a bigger goal, and they get locked onto that. And so they're able to cut out anything that's not hundred percent focus on that goal and be like this heat seeking missile. And so if you're always our heat seeking missile, you're constantly adjusting your business, right? It's like a pilot's driving. They're never really going in a straight line. They're constantly adjusting. Same thing with the heat seeking missile is wherever the object is, you're going towards it. That's why though, it's so important that you know where you're going because if your organization is a heat seeking missile and it's always going to be moving. Yeah. I was going to say the target doesn't change. Yeah, it can. I mean, yeah, if, I if suppose it, it could, but it, based on where you're at, we're like talking if, like long-term vision doesn't necessarily change. Yeah, long. I mean, you can fall in love with your vision and you date your models. If the model or the goal changes, you have to change the direction of the organization. But what people don't really end up doing is they don't, they're not clear enough on what the direction is that they're really going for. And so what they end up doing is the missiles going all over the place. Mm-hmm. And instead of being cutting through like a laser, it's like when you take the, the sun, produces plants and gives us energy. If you take a magnifying glass and you put it to the sun, it cuts through things. And that's the same way with when you're treating your organization, your personal life and your businesses, you have to cut through the noise to know exactly where you're going. You come up, you get the information. Does it, does it relevant? Does it match your, where you're going in your vision? Is there new information that I need to adjust my model? Is there new information? If all of a sudden the destination changes when you're flying, then you're going to adjust your model, right? And but you stay focused long enough so that you can, you can stay on it. And then when you need to adjust, you adjust, but most people don't get clear enough in what, and the, the reason why they don't is because, and I think you have this ahas, they're not always getting enough input, mm-hmm. right? They, they get caught in this little cycle of doing, 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 I feel like I'm going, I feel like I'm going and they haven't stopped to come up like a submarine comes up to take a look. 
right? And so when you come up to take a look, that's when you go, hey, there might be something I need to pay attention to. So I'm going to go, I need some more input. To be proactive on that though, that's why you set aside times throughout your week so that you're always getting a certain amount of input. So you're staying relevant, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're staying relevant, what you're able to do is you're able to make those micro adjustments on the fly instead of having to make larger adjustments later on. The, the goal doesn't necessarily change, but how are you doing it? So you take real estate, for instance, maybe it's, you know, if, if it's a buyer's market or if it's a seller's market or if it's an investor's market or if it's a re- investment market, right? You're always making these changes so that you're capitalizing and bringing your energy to what's going to produce the biggest result. But a lot of people, when they're not, when, so that's the heat seeking missile example, right? You just really need as an entrepreneur, if you're not clear in where you're going, get clear number one, right? And that becomes a heat seeking missile. And when you do that, you can remove the noise, right? Yeah, absolutely. You just kind of, you don't use it as a way of, I need to go consume all this. You just know that it's there and you pay a little attention to credible sources for it. Mm -hmm. And then you synthesize it. Now, the key thing to do this is when you're, when you are taking information and if something does catch your attention, like, Hey, maybe I should really pay attention to this. It's really important that this is where you can use your inner growth to come in there and really allow and go find somebody who supports that point of view that doesn't agree with you. Yeah. I think it's incredibly important to get different perspectives. Yeah. And and, and part of it is, is, but how many people take the time when they read something or see something that could change their model or change their direction or cause them to have to put more energy into something else. And and knowing that right now it may not be effect, but later on it's going to take the time to go get other people's opinion that knowing that they're going to have conflict with how they believe. I don't know how many people actually do that. Now your team can do that. And I don't, I don't mean this necessarily with your team. I mean, go talk to other people in the industry that you know, have a different example, right? Go listen to what they're saying be energized by that, right? Be, be excited about that conversation and allow that in. doesn't mean you need to change anything. You may listen to him and go, thank you for proving that we're staying foot, right? Or you may go, actually what 40% of what they're doing is I think we can improve our business this way. But the point is, is when you're, when you're, when you're doing this is to pause and make sure that you're reflecting on information that you're getting so that you can, you can articulate it with a clear sense. If you're going in there, which most people do of going, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. That's blockbuster. I don't need to worry about mm-hmm. them. I don't worry about them. I don't need to worry about them. And then I'm bankrupt, right? Yeah. You'll end up paying for it at some point. Because in the beginning, when, when Blockbuster was brought up to speed on those things, it won't change. It won't change. They're unwilling to look at how the future could change. And so they're unwilling to change their goals until it's too late. Because once at some point it gets too far along, it gets too late. And then you can either be bankrupt or it's just going to cause very consequential damages. Is there a point where getting those alternate perspectives becomes noise in and, in and of itself. Yeah, it can. I mean, if you're doing it every day. For like everything. Yeah, for every, yeah, I mean, this yeah. is just, just drama really at that point. Right. And yeah. so what I say is like when you're, when you're, when you come up and you're like that submarine looking up there, the thing but that it does you, pay to be informed. Yes, you need to be informed. Decisions yes. Or on what's, yeah, what's going, you can't, you can't believe everything you read on the internet, right? So sometimes, can't. It, sometimes it's good to get multiple perspectives on a, especially for like a critical decision. Yeah. I'm certainly not a, this is a good example in our, the political realm that we're in right Mm -hmm. now. I don't consider myself very, that educated to that degree of what politicians Politics, are. Yeah. I pay attention to it, but not to that degree that they're, but what I do do is every time I read something that it's going to affect me, the policy change, I then go to the other side of it to hear what, how they're spinning the article too. Mm-hmm. And then I try to go to a middle source that is going to be informed. Cause you know what the problem is with the news as a side note, a long time ago, 
newspapers informed people. Yes. Right? They informed you because information was not readily available. Now there's so much competition out there and so much noise that the noise is trying to startle you. Yeah, it's, it's like sensationalism. Yeah, and they're just and everything needs to startle you. Clickbait and yeah, getting your attention. So in, in every and it's not in fault. That's how they're trying to. That's how they're trying to get paid. That's how they're trying yeah. to make money. Yeah. And so you just need to know that though is all that noise, the shiny objects, the noise is trying to startle you to get you out of there to stop to pay attention to something else to buy their product or listen to their point of view or accept their point of view, which really. 95% of what you hear out there really isn't going to impact on a day-to-day basis. It isn't going to impact your life. It's not yeah. going to impact your decisions. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, and, and like if you really want to take it a step further with getting inform- like all that information, then you, you actually go and read the policy. Yeah. Or you actually go and read um, the 500-page document or like Kem will do. He comes to yeah. mind. He'll actually go read the, you know, the executive orders, not the reporting on the executive orders, yeah. but the actual executive Orders. And that's a, that's a, like a really, I think that's a helpful piece of information for again, larger, more impactful decisions go to the actual source source. So you can interpret not the it? reporting on the source and the other people's interpretation of the information. Yeah. But that's just the problem with all the noise out there. It's trying, it's designed to startle you and pull you yeah, out yeah. and it's pull you to distract you to kind of go to their product or their service or whatever they're trying to spin you on. Yeah. That's why there's so much noise out there. So how do you have to cut through this? Number one. So a couple of things you could also do is um, just, have a certain amount of time that you're willing to look at the news, right? And then after a certain point, like just shut it down, right? Or your social media accounts. After a certain amount of time, you need, you need to shut it down. So you don't hear all those things or they pull you off there because if you go on there and you're feeling a little bit like you need to do something, you'll see somebody else doing something. You go, I need to go do that. Like they need they open up a restaurant. I, I think I can open up a restaurant. I think that's where I'm going to put my energy, right? And that's what we do. We end up getting caught in all these things instead of holding the line to stay focused on where we're going. This is why it's so critical Every day, I mean, every morning when I get up, when I journal, I'm directing myself so I'm not caught in noise. And if you just, and then every week or every month, I mean, pretty much you and I every week have a direction of where we're going and what we need to talk about for the organization that matters the most, Mm -hmm. right? Then that's what we'll focus on. So you have to get clear each day, each week, and then each month and where you're taking your organization. Then that filters down into the quarters, then it builds up to the half year, then three quarters of the year of the year. Next thing you know, you've accomplished some big goals only because you've been staying focused and relevant and and not getting distracted by everything that's out there. Right. I see you writing some stuff down. You want to. Oh, I was just thinking, well, I was just thinking that like, so all of these examples of the noise that you were, were just giving are, are, I don't want to say like they're almost the easy examples, but it's like, sure. Yeah. Of course, social media is distraction, distracting and noise. And then I'm like, I feel like sometimes there are subtler distractions. Like um, let's read 52 books a year, right? Like, that's awesome. That's one of my goals. Right. But is that to what end mm-hmm. I'm starting to even question that goal mm-hmm. because I'm trying to speed through all these books and which are noise to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and this person is recommending this book and this person just told me about five new business books I should read. And this one is five new books about money. I got to add those to my list. And then there's a spirituality book to read and that in the, even of itself, mm-hmm. while there's like a noble goal behind it, is it really, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's knowing to know, and there's knowing yeah. to apply in your business. Yeah. And, and so one of the things you could, you could look at is, am I just reading to read, to be able to check the box or am I reading that I'm actually applying this, which is also why you should give you permission that if you get 20 pages into a book and it's not going to fit your model and this isn't going to help you, you don't have to finish the book, right? It's like, I'm yeah. giving everyone permission to go ahead and dump the book, yeah. right? I do that a lot with actually spirituality books because there's so many people writing these things on there and in the, in the first few minutes, it's not that I'm judging them. I just, I'm like, well, this is, 
this doesn't work for me or this doesn't fit necessarily the model that we're looking at, or it's just not the direction that I, that I want to, I'm wonderful opportunity for them to be able to share those things, but um, it's not really what I'm doing or the business models that you're looking at or what it needs to happen there. So everyone has a different take and a different flavor of how they write. Well, this is just a micro example, but this morning I just finished a book on an audit on audible and I was going to start the other one that you and I had talked about leading with character, leading with character. Yes. Um, but then I also have those other, the podcasts that you were like, mm-hmm. you got to listen to these podcasts. So I'm like, I can read the book and get to my 52 goal yeah. or I can listen to these podcasts, which are going to completely derail me from hitting my, my goal of reading 52 books a year. But I knew that the podcast, I know this is such a silly example, but the podcasts were going to be so much more beneficial to what we were actually working yeah. on and what we were doing. And that just goes back to, to the, your whole entire point, which is you got to know what it is, yeah. wh- where you're going, what's that target. And as much as it pained me to pick the podcast, <laughs> I did. And it's been, it's been awesome. Yeah. And I, that's what I needed to listen to. Not I'll get yeah. to the book eventually, yeah. but like I needed to listen to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's part of the noise. The other, when you're in an industry and it's changing, which is they all are right now, most industries are changing when that's happening. The other thing that I like to do is what we call drafting, right? Which is really where, um, you know, you're letting these major companies go out there ahead of you and invest hundreds of millions or millions or hundreds of thousands, depending on what that looks like for you into changing models and doing different things. And as that happens, you're sitting there paying attention to it all, but you're not investing or changing anything that you're doing yet. You're drafting right behind them. And I always like this because when you're racing and like a, like a, or you can be racing or you can just be riding behind somebody in a bike. And when you're drafting somebody, actually it's illegal in Ironman's to race. I don't know if people uh, to draft. Oh. And the reason why it's illegal, you have to actually have to, you have to, you're supposed to be three bike lengths behind somebody three or six i think it's three that other person that much of an it gives you so much of an advantage to draft somebody it's about it's actually in swimming this is a side note if you're ever doing iron man and people that swim this if you can learn to draft in swimming it's legal because they can't you obviously can't see how far in front of you are but if you get somebody this is why when i always race i would always go out with this like the 27 to 30 minute swim groups um for a half iron man and they're a little faster than me but i'd much rather get on somebody that's faster than me and I, i if anybody that's listening to this has done these things and you draft properly, it's 30 to 40% less energy. Wow. And it's, it's such a great example in business because you're sitting there swimming and it feels so easy because you're just drafting behind somebody. You're letting somebody else cut, take the wind, cut the ripples, create this little vortex for you to swim in there. And what'll happen is you have to check yourself every now and then because you're like, listen, am I going slower? Cause you can't look at your watch. So then what you do is you, you come out of the draft zone and you try to pass the person only to realize for the next two minutes, you're sitting next to the person gassed. And mm-hmm. so you fall back in line. Right. And so it's wow. always playing this game to make sure you don't get caught behind somebody. that's too slow and it feels too easy. So it's just kind of the, this counterbalance. So how you check yourself is to come out of the draft zone and see if somebody, see if you can pass them. And if you can't really pass them without using, just without gassing it, you fall back in line and go, I'm just holding on to this person and every 15, 20 strokes, I try to be re- so close to their feet that I can almost touch it basically. So you're staying mm. right on there so nobody else can cut in. That's this, a good business analogy too. Yeah, this, the same thing in the bicycle, right? Yeah. The bicycle though, you can, you can, it's easier data because you're looking directly at your speed and your heart rate. So, or your power meter. So you know exactly how fast you're going. Mm-hmm. So if somebody, if you're drafting somebody and you're supposed to be going 24, and you're going 20, it's pretty clear that this isn't going to work out unless there's a major wind or something along those lines. However, the same thing in, in, in biking, it's about a 30%. If you have a big draft zone, you ever notice on like the tour de France, how the draft is that if you're in the last part of that, it's not even like you're even spinning. You're like, you're doing 25 miles an hour. And so you're not even working. (laughs) 
And, and, but the thing is, if you're way back there and it's so easy, you may not have enough gas to come all the way up to the front to compete. Mm. However, if you're right behind these major companies or an initiative or watching somebody make some changes in your business and you're holding line, it's like, you're kind of looking to the left to see where the, the, you know, you're checking your watch to see how much further you have to go. And you kind of plan appropriately, letting them take all the blunt. Maybe it's the first, second or third, right? That you're sitting there. And then the minute is the opportunity for you to go out there. Once it's like a new territory has been identified, once a new customer base has been identified, once a new model in your business has been identified, that's when you go, thanks for the last three years for spending mm-hmm. this in. I'm going to go this way. Right? right. It's like MySpace and Facebook. I was going to use that as an example. Right. It's such yeah. a great, you don't, and, and uh, I forget the guy who, who uh, his name's Bill, I believe, who built like 140 companies. He's the only guy that's taken he has an incubator and he's, and he's been around since the nineties, but he's, and he's still really relevant. He's built nine companies over a billion dollars and sale. The only person ever to do that nine or seven. But one of the things he said in there, which I thought was awesome. He goes, when, they, when they asked him on a podcast, they said, you know, what was your, what do you see the biggest mistakes entrepreneurs make? And he said, um, sometimes timing. And he said, also, uh, he said being first, mm-hmm. And I just, it hit me when he said that. And that's why I kind of, that's why I brought up, it instantly went to the drafting technique because, you know, sometimes you can draft behind somebody and come in first because you have extra energy. Yep. And just remind me, I've instantly thought of MySpace and Facebook or any organizations that are like that. So the point of this in this conversation, when there's a bunch of noise out there, you can be drafting three or four people, right? You can be watching. What I mean is just watching them. You're staying up to speed. You're staying there. Maybe you're making some changes that don't really affect, but you're preparing yourself to do this. Mm-hmm. You're building out models that look like they're differently, right? And so that the instant, and this could be going on for years or six months, right? And as you do this, you've already positioned yourself to be right behind these guys who are taking the blunt and when they get closer to the finish line or when the timing's right Mm -hmm. right because that's what it means like sometimes the timing's not right and so they go in there i think in my industry there's a couple there's a couple industry there's a couple competitors out there that are we're a little early and I think they spent too much money and I think they're, we're going to whiplash past them. Um, not, I, I mean, really big companies. And I think they're going to fail because of that, but their model won't, the model will get, will get adopted by somebody exactly else, perfected. And then, yeah, it won't yeah. be exactly what it is, yeah. but it'll take what it is and make it better. Even look at iBuyer programs, right? I'm not talking specifically about iBuyers in this one, but iBuyer programs, when they first started, look completely different than they do now. Yeah. And now there's a whole a different slew of people coming in and doing iBuyer programs, Absolutely, right? Yeah. And so when you're getting money flooded to public markets, you can take on these big hits. So pay attention to what they're doing. Don't just see them as so big. If they're, they had a $74 million loss or $100 million loss, whatever it is, don't think that's out of your league. What you need to be doing is you need to be paying attention to what they're doing and then really paying attention to what they're doing and you're drafting them. Use their shield of the, how much money they're spending to figure it out, Right. Then when they figure it out, you're right there in position to go, maybe you don't build the same size company. Maybe you do. I don't know. But at least you're positioned because there's not going to be necessarily a monopoly in most industries. There's going to be plenty of, of, of companies that are in there. I even think of this as like Quicken, right? Um, which is, I believe, the largest, I know they are, the largest loan origination in the world right now, right? They had a different model and that worked really well, but they didn't remove everybody else. There's still, it removed a lot of companies that couldn't hold on at all. But now I think I see more and more companies positioning to a, 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 a more of a universal, um, 
not universal, more of a centralized location to cut down costs to provide to the consumer, right? And so you can take that model and say, they did that, they lost a lot of money for a while, now they're really profitable, how do I bring that into my business, regardless of what size that is? So drafting is so important, besides racing, it's really important in business because it gives you the ability, if you're close enough to paying attention to these things, the insights in the, and then go have conversations with people that are in these companies, find out what they're doing, find out, you know, you can talk to a third level manager and they'll, they'll know what's going on, they can give you this information. And as you do that, it's positioning you to be in line, to be able to come out and be third, fourth, first, right? I mean, if you're in the top 10 in pretty much any industry, you're You're a billion dollar company, right? Yeah. I mean, you're doing it. So you don't have to be top 10, but you're just, you can position your organization, regardless what size it is, to adopt to something new instead of waiting for it to happen so many different times and you missing the mark for your market share in your area. And that's what people do is they wait for it to get so so to the point where they have to change that they're forced to. And there's a line that I always use, like when we change something in, in our real estate organization, um, why is that was going to be a big effect? It's, I always use the analogy of like, if somebody's going to try to stab me, I'm going to stab myself so I can control the bleeding. And I kind of see it the same way. It's like you're drafting. And then when you got to make a move, don't, don't allow the market to dictate what move you have to make because it's too late to survive your company. Make it now while things are good and then survive and flourish when everybody else is trying to survive and you're thriving. And that's the difference between the two. Really, all this does is, is number one, is you being really centered, right? You being willing to be wrong, being willing to change your model, being willing to adopt a new goal or new direction based on the industry that's out there, but you're doing it with information and you're doing it after you've drafted, you're doing it after you've watched other people do this. And yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and most importantly, you're doing it or knowing what your target is. Yes. So that you're not getting distracted. Exactly. Because you always, you always, even if you're pivoting, you have a new goal, you have a new direction. So you can, again, if you're deciding, if you're in that mode where you're all of a sudden you're like, if you're finding yourself like, hey, I'm in an industry right now that I need to change or pivot. Like, I also think the construction industry is right there too. Mm-hmm. People, people don't talk about it right now because new housing construction, but I'm in it and I'm telling you, it's antiquated. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating for clients. Yeah. It's frustrating for developers. It's frustrating for builders. You know, we used, I talked on the air the other day about this, but you provided the data to me where it's like, I just laughed at this, but like, if your kid came to you and said, Hey, I want to be a plumber when I grow up, people like, they're like, yeah, that's great. But like, what about, why don't we try for something a little bit better? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Better. What's better? Exactly. Which is the funny thing is, is plumbers, which I thought was awesome. The average salary of a plumber coming out of school is 50 to $60,000. Yes. Right. I mean, that's higher than a lot of people are are making coming out of school. Higher than the, yeah, the average. Yes. It was like 20% higher than the average or something along those lines. Yeah. So plus me, Maybe you have trade school yes. loans, yes, but versus, you don't have four years college yeah. debt. That's and what people don't realize right now with, with plumbing, they're using iPads and cameras and, very and, and, a, and AR and robotic to really use these things. And our construction company has pivoted to using a lot of panelization mm-hmm. to kind of remove the framing. So we have what's an erecting crew. So a crane stays on site and actually we have employees that go and put things together or build a team. What's much more, it's more predictable is you're not, if you ever run a construction company, you're like, 
guys show up half time, they don't show up half time. If you ever call the contractor, I'm pretty sure you probably know that, right? Um, or even to do like your local repairs, it's like they don't call you back for a week or whatever it is. So relying more on technology. and Exactly. But to do, to build that out. So yeah. I think the construction industry is changing and I think it will change how things are built. And so again, we're just, what we're doing right now is we're dabbling with that new change in our, in our company to make sure that we're ready. It's almost like there's other companies doing it larger. We're drafting sure. behind them. We're pivoting a little bit. We're playing with that model. We're paying attention to all the information exactly. that's going on. Yes. Um, but not getting lost in it. Exactly. Yeah. And not changing everything fully because we're not sure if it's fully going to work yet. So we take it, we're trying it and we tried it once and it worked. We're trying it um, five or six more times right now in the next couple months. And so that'll kind of continue to do it. So that's, that's the process. And there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of distractions and polls. And again, I always go back to that. Most everything out there, social media, news, websites, all that stuff is wants to startle you. That's what they would. They don't want to inform you. They want to startle you. They want to grab your attention. Don't let it stay focused. You be the seeker of the knowledge that you need. And as you seek for the knowledge that you need, it'll, that insight will come in there and then be centered enough so that you can take in other information and don't need to be right. Don't need to think, you know, where the vision is actually, you'd want to go into all this, like Ray Dalio's philosophy, right? You're really going to go into all of this wanting to be proved wrong mm -hmm. constantly. And that's, it takes a centered human being to be able to go in there and do that and then go find somebody that maybe you don't necessarily talk to all the time and hear their opinion about knowing that their business is that side, right? Like go talk to a panelization company that only does panelization, what they're doing. Go talk to, if you're in real estate industry, go talk to somebody who's only doing salaried agents, right? To hear what they're doing there or talking about only showing agents, right? So you're just hearing different, models. doesn't mean you have to adopt it, but you're just getting the relevant information from people who are actually doing it, which yes. is the credible kind of like what you said, actually reading the execution report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely need to make sure you're getting information from credible sources. Yes. And doing it. So that's how you cut the noise, work on drafting, work on being that heat seeking missile so that you're constantly understanding where you're going. If you hear this, and this is just a reminder of maybe I've got lost a little bit in the weeds since the first of January, I need to revisit some of my goals. I need to revisit whether or not I'm, I'm on target or if I just landed the plane, right? Like mm -hmm. is the plane even in the air right now and kind of use that back to it and then get that back up and start drafting with it. And as you do that, the next steps will become clear. And then the next one will become clear and the next one will become clear. If you're always willing to find information, watch what people are doing and staying centered throughout the entire process, the next step will always be clear. Well, thanks for listening and hanging with us today. If you like this episode and you find somebody that may be going through an industry change or somebody that has needed a new direction, they just need a little pick me up. Love for you to share this episode, write a review, leave a comment. I know that's kind of a pain in the butt to do that, but you can share it very easily. That takes like seven seconds. So find somebody that you would love to share this episode with, and we'd greatly appreciate getting our message out there. 